It is a beautiful fall, sunshiny day here on the west coast of Florida. My name is Joel Tillis. This is The Soul Trap. As always, we want to thank you for taking the time out of your day, out of your life to listen. We trust that wherever, whenever this broadcast finds you, it finds you in good health, good spirits, and most of all, on that good and narrow way. Well, we're going to pick up uh, really where we left off. The last podcast we did, we spent quite a bit of time talking about the Las Vegas shooting, conspiracy theory, all the things that swirled around that issue. It has really uh, just taken a nosedive off of the mainstream coverage. You don't see it on the front page anymore. You don't really see it on the second, third, fourth, or fifth page. Everybody seems to have moved on to bigger and better things. We're back to Mueller indicting uh, people for supposed involvement with Russia. We're back to the shocking sex scandal that nobody knew was going on. And, and I say that with you know, quotations that nobody knew about the sex scandals going on in Hollywood. What a shocker that is. There is always something new. You know, I guess more football players are taking a kneel down. Uh, the Houston Astros have won the World Series, and a squirrel ran across somebody's front yard. Anything and everything is newsworthy except the single greatest mass shooting in American history. That no longer is important. Nobody cares. Nobody seems to be concerned. And yet I submit to you that although it's easy to look at it and say, well, it really doesn't affect my life, I still have to get up go to work, pay the mortgage, put braces on the kids' teeth, do all the things of normal life, so why should I really care? But I submit to you that this may be one of the the most profound mysteries, at least of the 21st century, if not greater. I would also say that it's probably one of the greatest conspiracies that we've come across in a long time. And I hesitate to use the word because conspiracy seems to mean and become synonymous with theory. People put the two together as if they can never be divided, conspiracy theory. But as I have often said, there is conspiracy theory, but what we're dealing with right now is conspiracy fact, not theory, fact. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and I, I said, you know, what, what are the options? What, what happened that night? We know that there are two shooters. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But, but what exactly happened that night? And um, there was another theory that he posited back to me. He said, what if it was indeed a false flag, but a false flag gone wrong? What if this particular time, in this particular location, there was simply too much audio-visual empirical evidence? I don't know. Again, we are delving into something that is profoundly mysterious, and there doesn't seem to be a bottom to the rabbit hole. I was just reading the other day, I'm familiar with the one brother, Stephen Paddock, Stephen Paddock being the shooter at Las Vegas. I'm familiar with the crazy brother that kept coming on TV who slipped up and called him an arms dealer. But did you know that Stephen Paddock had another brother? A brother of Las Vegas mass shooter, Stephen Paddock, was actually arrested in Los Angeles on October 25th 
on suspicion of possessing hundreds of images of child pornography, according to authorities. Bruce Douglas Paddock, 58, was taken into custody at a nursing facility in the 5300 block of Laurel Canyon Boulevard in the Valley Village neighborhood. He was booked at 8 a.m. Television news footage showed Paddock in a wheelchair being loaded into the back of a van by Los Angeles Police Department. Did he have child pornography? I don't know. I immediately thought about the old movie, and I think it was 1998 when the X-Files movie came out. There was a character in the X-Files movie who had dirt, information, inside scoop on what the government was doing. He had to go on the run. He had to go on the lam because the government came after him. And he kind of made a sideways comment. Yeah, guess what they found? They found child pornography on my computer just trying to frame me. I'm not saying that there's not child pornographers out there. I'm not saying that this guy might not be a sick freak. But it does seem to be sort of very, very, very convenient that now, as the investigation becomes more convoluted, as more alternative media seem to puncture holes, not just little tiny pinholes, but massive tank-sized holes into the story that we've been handed. Now, all of a sudden, a guy that is related to the family who may have some insight, who may not, well, now they found child pornography on his computer and arrested him. Of course, they can't arrest Hillary Clinton. They can't arrest any of these crooked politicians, but they can certainly find him and arrest him. Not Barney Frank, not any of those guys, but a brother of the shooter arrested now at this time. Purely coincidence, I'm sure. In the course of our investigation here at the Soul Trap, very often I find myself having to listen to over and over and over again the sounds and recordings of the night of the shooting. And one of the things that often stands out to me is the screaming. As you hear the audio of the shooting, you hear people screaming, yelling, fearful, rightfully so. And that is what you heard that night, a bunch of screaming and a bunch of shooting. And for those with the integrity and honesty to say so, and maybe, maybe a little bit of firearm knowledge, you can clearly hear two weapons. But the real question is, what are we hearing now? What sounds are we hearing from the press? The answer is nothing. Nothing that makes any sense. Nothing that helps us find out why this happened, how this happened, and even exactly when this happened. It's, it's a stunning development. There is more fact, there is more emphasis placed on this Muslim who ran over eight people, ran over more than that, and killed eight people in New York. We'll be, to be talking about this ad nauseum. The press will not let this go. And yet, the single greatest shooting, I believe it's 58 people now, possibly more, hundreds of people wounded, And then press has moved on. Does that make rational sense to you? The security guard, who supposedly was the first one to encounter Stephen Paddock, no press agency has pursued him ad nauseum. Not Wolf Blitzer, Cooper, Lemon, none of them. He hasn't gone on CBS, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, CNBC, Telefreakin' Mundo. <laughs> none. None of them have gone after him with really any profound effect. How does this guy, the key, the linchpin, one of the, the primary players in this horrific national tragedy get away with going on Ellen? All that we hear 
in the wake of gunfire and screams is silence and confusion. In fact, the other day I was watching the TV with my wife and I was shocked and surprised when we saw this Muslim in New York who ran over the people. Wolf Blitzer comes on and says, well, ISIS has claimed responsibility, and of course we have to be careful. We know out in Las Vegas that ISIS claimed responsibility, and the FBI has told us that that's not the case, but here it looks like this is the case. And I turned to my wife and I said, who said? Well, the FBI said? Oh, so, so the press just takes, takes its word? When did that happen? How did that happen? Nothing makes sense. We have a man who crawled up on the Mandalay Bay, got up into Mandalay Bay, Picked out a sniper's nest, quote unquote, the most perfect location that could possibly be chosen, broke the window out, shot up hundreds of people, 50 plus shot and killed, two, three, four hundred wounded, blows his brains out, confusion over when the police got there, how the police got there, who was in the room, security guard, rumors swirling around, all this kind of stuff, and it's done, it's gone with, nobody even follows up with it. There has been more research on Columbine, more research on Sandy Hook, more research, quite frankly, on the president's you know, hair color and tanning uh, 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 proliferation than there has been on this. It's fascinating to me. I have been reading recently a book by Jim Garrison, the only man to actually bring charges in a case in the assassination of President Kennedy. It's called On the Trail of Assassins, and it deals with the Kennedy a subject, the Kennedy assassination, a subject that we will visit down the road again. But the parallel is amazingly striking. A lone gunman who could not have done what he was said to have done, dead, unable to answer, and those closest to him either dead or being arrested, silenced. The iron blanket falls all around so that no one is able to penetrate through. No one is able to discover the truth and on life goes. And anyone who questions the narrative, the official mainstream history, is immediately labeled a kook, immediately labeled a conspiracy theorist. And here we are, 2017, finding ourselves all over again. You know, when you look at 9-11, and we've covered 9-11 here, we will cover it again. But the truth is there appears to be something there. I have yet to be able to explain how Building 7, or had anybody rationally explain to me how Building 7 comes tumbling down. I have yet to have people explain to me many of the confusing parts of how that plane, flown by a guy who couldn't even get a Cessna off the ground, was able to hit the Pentagon. Where were the pieces of that plane? In other words, there's a lot of things about 9-11, but the truth is, you could possibly explain away all of those questions. And even if you can't explain away all those questions... Those questions in and of themselves are not enough to shoot down the mainstream theory that 19 terrorists were able to accomplish what they did. When you look at Sandy Hook shooting, there remain some very, very strange questions that have yet to be answered. The Bushmaster that he supposedly used, there's video of them actually finding that in the trunk of the car. How can a young man who weighs 85 pounds carry at least that equal amount of weaponry and be able to move the way he did in the school? Who was the man that was seen on video camera from the helicopter running in dark uniform away from the school? 
There's a lot of questions, but the truth of the matter is those questions in and of themselves are not sufficient enough to shoot down the mainstream media. But in this particular case, in the Paddock case, in the case of the Las Vegas shooting, again, I want to remind you, the greatest single mass shooting in American history, 50-plus shot from the 32nd floor of Las Vegas, where cameras are everywhere. The 32nd floor, Mandalay Bay. In this particular case, the greatest single mass shooting in American history. The questions, the discrepancies, the confusion is all of such weight that the narrative does not hold weight at all. In other words, the questions and the confusions that are being asked cannot be dismissed. They are of such profound influence. They carry with them such profound consequences that the whole thing crumbles before our eyes. And I submit to you that that's one of the reasons why there is no noise coming from the left. There is no noise coming from the right. And quite frankly, surprisingly, in many instances, those that are considered parapolitical, paranormal, para-research, those that we be considered anti-government seem to have clammed up and moved on. Why? Because there is an iron wall that has been built up around this particular event. And by the way, just for reference, I am not suicidal. The brakes on my car do work and I am not taking prescription medicine, so there's no reason I should be overdosed on any of it. You get my drift? That's how serious I think this thing is. I'm not going to be mugged and left for dead, all that stuff. If something happens, you know why it happened. Regardless of your political leaning, regardless of whether or not you're a conspiracy-bent person or not, something is amiss in this story. Not a little, a lot. In truth, there is no doubt. There is no doubt that there is a cover-up. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer for how it was accomplished or why. But I do know that something is being covered up. Could it be that it's simply embarrassed officials who bungled it up, trying to hide their own incompetence? Could be. Could be that. That is uh, honestly one of the areas where my wife goes down. We joke quite a bit here at our house. She calls me Mulder and I call her uh, Scully. We grew up, loved when we first got married, the X-Files. In fact, the night my daughter was born, uh, she fell asleep in my wife's arm feeding her at the hospital and we watched the X-Files. We love the X-Files and we've always played that I'm Mulder. I always see a conspiracy where there is none and I want to believe. And she's a little bit more scientifically minded, a little bit more grounded, less insane, I would say. She's more like Scully and we... We do a good job balancing each other out. She thinks that possibly there is a cover-up because the officials were embarrassed about how horribly they handled the whole thing. That could be. I don't think that it is, but it could be. Could it be that it's a cover-up because they should have seen this coming? I don't know. Could it be a botched terrorist attack? That's possible. ISIS did claim supposedly to have radicalized Stephen Paddock. They also claim to have been involved. I don't know. Could it be a false flag? It could be, but what has it accomplished? What have they done if it wasn't, quote-unquote, an inside job? Could it be a botched false flag? That may very well be closest to the truth. Could it be, as my friend said, uh, Jamie, a good friend of mine, could it be that, that they were surprised at the amount of recording devices, video, audio, that they had to take a step back? 
could be. If that's the case, they're very, very stupid because everybody has a cell phone today. I mean, you got little infants on Facebook that are crying because they get their cell phone taken away. I don't know how they could have messed that up, but it could be. Could it be an operative gone bad, a spook? We know that Stephen Paddock is not who the media says that he was. He was not some old guy that got a little in debt or snapped or something like that. We know that he most likely was an arms dealer. He most likely was in some way, shape, or form working under the surface with the government. His brother slipped up and called him an arms dealer, and nobody followed up on that. Could it be that he's an operative gone bad, a spook, a dark agent who went snafu on everybody? It could be that, but the problem is it doesn't explain the fundamental empirical evidence. There are several key empirical evidence trails that have not been followed, that must be followed, that cannot be easily dismissed. And the first evidence trail is the two shooters. I mean, from forensic evidence to bullet entry evidence to audio evidence to visual evidence to eyewitness evidence, there is a prolific, a prolific body of evidence out there that says there was more than one shooter. Has that trail been followed? Not really. Secondly, there's the trail of who Stephen Paddock is and how did he get to where he was and and how do you explain that? So yeah, it it could be a lot of things. It could be a lot of different things, but it cannot be what we're being told that it is. It cannot be. Do we know where Stephen Paddock's brother was? If there were more than two shooters, is there an alibi for where Stephen Paddock's one brother was? And do we actually know that his other brother was in the nursing home? Has anybody followed that trail? Do we know? Is there empirical evidence that his one brother, who is now quote-unquote being arrested for child porn, was he there at the nursing home that night? Do we have facts of that? Is there an alibi? What about his other brother? Do we know where he was that night? Do we know for certain where the security guard was, where he came from, and what his actions were? Do we know about any of the other shootings that took place that night? Have you heard on the news anything about the Bellagio shooting? Have you heard anything about the New Yorker shooting? I mean, many questions, many questions have been brought up. But one thing is not in question, and that is we are not being told the truth. And there is a total across-the-board conspiracy on the part of the conspirators to keep this thing silent. Again, I come back to the idea of the media. Why is the media and the left so silent? Why are they not jumping up and down? This is huge. 58 dead. Hundreds. Hundreds wounded. No law of any significance passed. No protests. No Michael Moore making a movie. No Hollywood campaign to end guns. There is a glaringly loud... Silence coming from those who have made have a made to order case against assault rifles. I mean, the cat had 19 to 23 assault rifles in his room. Bump stocks. They haven't even passed a law about that. Who has that? I'm a gun guy and I don't have one of those. Do you know how easy they could probably get that law passed? Why aren't they? Nothing, nothing really makes sense about this. What about the audio proof of two shooters? Why isn't that playing over and over and over and over again on Fox?
Why is it that Hannity is spending all of his time going out of his way to justify Bill O'Reilly, that Catholic butt groper that got fired, and then on the other hand, justifying Donald Trump, the loudmouth, filthy Twitter guy who can't stay focused on one thing for longer than five minutes? Why does he spend his entire time justifying them and not playing this audio, which clearly, clearly shows two shooters? Why? Why doesn't Rachel Maddow and Lawrence O'Donnell, the defenders, why don't, they, why don't they show it? What about the eyewitness accounts? You know, Michael Savage is, is a brilliant guy. He had a caller come on. And I'm going to play the audio in just a moment that, that you can listen to on YouTube on your own. But I want you to listen. I believe her name is Gail. I want you to listen to the audio and listen to her story. It's going to be about a a little six, seven minute audio. I know it's kind of lengthy, but I want you to listen to her story because have you seen her interviewed? Has she been interviewed by Fox, Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon? I mean, while Jimmy Kimmel wants to get up and cry like in Mary Poppins and, oh, we got to get rid of all these guns. Why doesn't he interview this woman? This story that you're about to hear from her is an eyewitness account. And I want you to listen to the sincerity of her voice the accuracy of her description, and then I'm going to tie it in with another audio that we have from a police, and you tell me why this isn't being followed up. Here's the audio. We have a caller right now, Gail, calling from Las Vegas on KBET. She was in the crowd. She was shot at. She has something to say that you're not going to hear from Jonas Schimmel on NBC. Gail, line seven, go ahead. You have the floor. Oh, hi, I'm here. Um, first off, I've never been in the military, and I'm not a pro by any means on guns or anything like that. But when we were running, because we were out in the open and everything, we were running near the um, vendor tent, and we were just, you know, easy shots. There was a Metro police officer out there that saw us running, and he ran and he grabbed me and pulled my husband and him into the vendor tent. They're like little plastic tents. And we went down, and we could hear all the shooting. And we would hear them load and then stop shooting, or, you know, shoot and then stop shooting and load. And while we were laying there, this officer was covering me um, because of all the shots. And the thing that we noticed, and my husband noticed too, and I think even the Metro Police officer, there were shots that were higher pitched. There were shots that were lower sounding. And they were going at the same time, and the lower shots were getting closer to us. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, somebody walking in the crowd, spraying their gun back and forth and shooting people. And he was getting closer. The shots would stop. The officer got up and walked out. And I heard his, his radio because I was right there. And we heard we have active shooters. And then my officer who was texting me said, where is he? Where is he? Do you see him? Is he behind us? Do you have a visual? And then the shot. So you're saying there was a shooter in the crowd going around shooting people in the crowd? We don't know. And that's what my husband and I are trying to figure out. But you said you heard two different types of gunfire. We have a caller on the line who has been gracious enough to stay over. She's Gail. She's calling from Las Vegas on my affiliate KBET. She was actually shot at. She's not a late-night crybaby comedian making believe he knows what the hell he's talking about. 
she was shot at. She said she heard two different types of sounds, meaning two different types of guns. But worse than that, in terms of this investigation that's being covered up, she said she believes there was a man going through the crowd, shooting at people in the crowd. Gail, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Welcome back. Thanks for staying on the line. Please tell your story all over again to a brand new audience on the Savage Nation. Okay. Well, we were, when we were first there, we heard the popping of the sounds, and we thought it was a firecracker, you know. And it was only like, you know, three or four pop, pop, pops. And then it got quiet, and then a couple more pop, 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 pops, and then it just started spraying, you know, it just like, just nonstop bullets shooting. So everybody started running, and we just ducked. You know, my husband and I, we just went on the ground and froze. And I remember, you know, there's a girl that was standing right next to me that was shot in the stomach, and she had a huge bullet wound in her stomach. It was huge. It wasn't a little tiny thing, and she was bleeding profusely. Um, it was horrible. And, and then people were just freaking out. And so everybody ran, and we were just still standing there. And the, my husband said, Gail, we got to go, we got to go, we got to run. We're going to get shot. So we got up and we started running toward the um, vendor tents. They're the white plastic tents. And there was mm -hmm. a metro police officer that was out there, and he saw us running. And he, he said, come here, come here, get here. And he grabbed me, and he pulled us inside the tent. And we went down. And we, the shots kept going and going. And then they would stop. And then we were like, okay, okay, it's okay. We're, it's all over. And then they would start all over again and it seemed to me and I'm not a pro on guns and bullets anything but there was like higher sounding bullets and then a really lower deeper bullet and as we were laying there it it sounded like the shots were getting closer to us and I'm going oh my god oh my god we're going to get shot they're going to see us in this tent because it seemed like somebody I'd not seen this by any means but to me it sounded like somebody was actually walking from the crowd from west to east through the crowd and shooting because everybody was going in one direction because there's no way out. And then they would stop, and then it would be like higher pitches and then no sound. So And then the sound would start again, but they were on top of each other, it sounded. I was freaking out. You know, obviously. Well, hold on. You just said they would be on top of each other, meaning the higher sounding bullet and then the lower sounding or let's say the sound of one gun higher than lower and they were coming at you at, at the same time they yes they sounded at the same time and the one that was lower kept getting closer sounding to us and i'm thinking your brain goes through all these images and thoughts and i'm thinking oh my god it sounds like there's somebody on the ground that is shooting and what was so bizarre about this is that mandalay bay was on our right this this creep was on the whatever 32nd floor and the girl that was standing right beside me maybe seven eight inches behind me got shot straight in her stomach right above her belly button now how does a bullet come straight down and make a left turn and hit her in the stomach and i don't understand it it was wait, wait, hold on i don't understand so the, the hotel is on the right but she got shot from the left she got shot straight in the center. We were facing due south. Mandalay oh, so you were facing you were facing away from the hotel, Gail. I want to be clear. You were facing away from the hotel. Our right shoulder would be 
facing Mandalay Bay. Okay, on the right shoulder, there's the hotel. Now, your stomach is facing diagonal to that hotel. And you're saying the girl next to you is facing in the same direction as you and your husband? Yes, we were both facing west. Directly. Okay, so you're asking how could she get struck directly in her stomach from that direction when there was allegedly no shooter there? Well, see, that's what's so bizarre because I even thought that. Because how could a bullet be coming from our right, which was on our west, we're facing direct south, a bullet would have to come straight up and make a, a 90 degree left turn and go into her stomach. Now, is, is this lady crazy? Is she a liar? Is she confused? You tell me. You tell me. She doesn't sound like a liar to me. And she doesn't sound confused. She sounds like a witness who's telling you what happened on the ground. Not a narrative where everything has to fit the facts that they want us to know. So it's, is it just her? Well, I don't think so because here's what the police were saying. Here is audio from their scanners the very night that this was taking place. Listen to this. Uh, we're getting from civilians saying that there might have been three shooters. GT60, we've interviewed multiple people leaving the concert venue that is on the north side of Hacienda, east side of Las Vegas Boulevard, saying that there are multiple people that have been shot or were shooting in this concert venue. It is be advised now there's an active shooter at the Tropicana, active shooter at Tropicana. Control 363, be advised we're getting multiple calls of uh, active shooters at multiple locations. It may or may not be diversion blockers or whatever. Here's more audio with the same. And what I want you to notice is early on, as these audios are pieced together, you're going to hear them talking about multiple shooters. Now what's vital is you're also going to hear the strike force when they breach Stephen Paddock's room. What's interesting is to hear how often they say one suspect, one suspect, one suspect, not the suspect, one suspect, one suspect, over and over and over. Why? Because they were convinced, like everybody else that was getting their butt shot off that night, that there was more than one shooter. Listen to the audio. Point six nine ten means we got shots fired at 415 AS uh Route 91 sounded like an automatic firearm. Copy code red at one six nine ten easy have shots. One six nine ten easy is coming from upstairs. There's the Mandalay Bay. Upstairs Mandalay Bay, halfway up. I see the shots coming from Mandalay Bay. Halfway up. Control 361 IC. We have uh, multiple 458 breaks. Give me a surge. We have an active shooter. We have an active shooter inside the warehouse. Shots fired from Mandalay Bay. There's many people down. Stage left. Just be advised. 790 right. I'm going to form a strike team. Mandalay Bay and the Boulevard. I need five officers on me. Now, let me just interrupt this audio. Did you hear the one guy? We have an active shooter. We have an active shooter in the fairgrounds. Listen to it again. Search. We have an active shooter. We have an active shooter inside the fairgrounds. Shots fired from Mandalay Bay. Did you hear that? That guy's calling out. Not that we think, not maybe. We have an active shooter inside the fairgrounds. It's not just audio from one. It's not just the police. 
a lady on Facebook by the name of Ricky Rollerson who was in Las Vegas the night of the shooting. Some writers, uh, article news writers, got in touch with her. Now, her story is totally different from the mainstream narrative. But when she was asked about what exactly the police officers told her, this is what she said, quote, The security guard at the Cosmopolitan's exact words were, to us, I know about as much as you do. I have heard seven confirmed shooters at multiple hotels, including the Bellagio. I do not have any idea how he knew this info. But this is the time they were locking down the hotel. There were a few Metro police officers alongside security guards outside our hotel veranda. And as they were checking our credentials, we asked, are there really multiple shooters? What's going on? And the police officer confirmed, yes, multiple shooters at multiple hotels, including the area next door. He did not say seven, however. He just said multiple. I assume he heard this over the radio because he was a Metro officer. Now, the audio that I'm about to play you has some bad language in it. I apologize for that ahead of time. If you have any children, you need to make sure that they're not listening. I think you can understand being shot at. But I just want to make sure that you understand. We've got witnesses saying multiple shooters. Cops are saying multiple shooters. The audio evidence is saying multiple shooters. When you listen to the video, especially after the woman starts screaming, let's go, let's go, you can clearly hear shots hitting the pavement, but you can hear at least two different sounds of guns, one high-pitched, one deep, exactly like the original witness was saying that we just played for you. Listen to the audio. That is two different rifles being fired. Now, I could sit here for another two hours and play you video after audio after audio after audio, YouTube video after YouTube video. Not not of hearsay, but of empirical evidence. And, And the evidence is unbelievable. As we transition just a little bit, have you have you ever heard? Have you ever heard about the Australian man who was literally right next door? To the supposed shooter Stephen Paddock. In an article in the Midnight in the Desert, an Australian man who was staying in the room next to the shooter in the Mandalay Bay has confirmed he witnessed multiple gunmen involved in the Las Vegas attack. Let me say that again. A hotel guest that was next door to the Las Vegas gunman confirmed that there were, quote, multiple gunmen involved in the Las Vegas attack. He says, quote, there were multiple people dead and multiple shooters. I was just hiding, waiting for the police to come get us. I got outside safely and was hiding in the bushes, Brian Hodge told Australia's Courier Mail. 
Mr. Hodge, who was staying in room 32134 next door to Stephen Paddock in room 32135, also provided important information when he revealed that a security guard was killed by police. A security guard was killed by police? Did you hear about that? My floor is a crime scene. They killed a security guard on my floor, quote. Who was the security guard who was killed by the police? Not the one doing the Ellen interview. Wendy Miller, another Australian called up in the Las Vegas shooting, may have provided a missing piece of the puzzle. Also speaking to the courier, Miss Miller said she was at a bar in the nearby Luxor Hotel with her husband when she saw what she described as a man of interest run by. Mr. Miller said, Mrs. Miller said that the man sprinted through the hotel after coming off an escalator from the Mandalay Bay. Did you hear about that? Absolutely not. The questions go on and on. There's a pretty good article by a guy by the name of Mike Adams. He adds, the, the title of the article is, Five More Things That Don't Add Up About the Las Vegas Massacre. Question number one, or thing point number one that doesn't add up, where is all the expended brass? Just go Google a picture, the pictures that came out almost immediately, mind you, of the shooter's room. Go look and you're going to see something glaringly absent. For a guy who spent hundreds of rounds of ammunition, there's almost no brass. Mike Adams writes, where is all the expended brass? Now, maybe I'm just a moron who thinks automatic rifle discharge expended brass or something because the last time I shot my rifle, which was yesterday, hot brass kept blasting out of the right side port with every round. Very annoying. I wish I knew how to turn that off, he says jokingly. So given that Stephen Paddock was firing full auto rifles in a sustained 10-minute assault at roughly the rate of six rounds per second, we should probably see massive piles of extended brass all over the place. Six rounds per second times 60 seconds in a minute times 10 minutes of sustained fire. That comes to almost 3,600 rounds of ammunition. If you figure there were pauses in the automatic fire, you could discount that to maybe 3,000 rounds actually fired. Again, Adam says, maybe I'm just stupid or something, but if Paddock fired 3,000 rounds, there should be 3,000 brass casings all over the floor of the hotel suite. I know I'm invoking logic and reason, both of which are banned in modern society in the mainstream media, but bear with me for a moment for the sake of appeasing a really stupid person. What we see in the photos released by the media show only a small, tiny smattering of brass casings, almost as if they were thrown around to complete the staging of the scene. The second question he asks is pretty good on a follow-up to that. Where are all the carpet burns from hot brass and hot gun barrels? That's a good question to ask. Another question he asks is, when seconds count, the police are only 72 minutes away, but why? Why the 72-minute response time? We've already heard, and as I pointed out in the last podcast, they did not know who was in that room, and they did not know that there was only one shooter. So why? Why did it take so long? I think he has a pretty good summary. Adam in the article says, In summary of all this, we are told that a flabby 64-year-old senior citizen accountant with a gambling problem managed to expertly lay down highly effective fields of fire, killing 58 and wounding 500 people by firing off thousands of 223 rounds well outside, well outside their effective range, all while producing merely dozens of pieces of expended brass 
that were magically cool before they hit the carpet of his hotel room. This was accomplished, we were told, by one man firing 10 rifles. Wait, no, 27 rifles, all by himself. No, maybe it was 19. They still haven't sorted the number out. Without any military training whatsoever. This same man set up a James Bond spy camera in the hotel hallway to monitor police in an attempt to defend himself against the inevitable police assault. Then he just changed his mind and shot himself the moment cops showed up, all for no apparent reason. Oh, and one more thing. This same guy who meticulously planned the hotel room, the rifles hidden in the luggage, the huge collection of 100-round magazines, the window hammer smashing routine, the concert calendar dates, the monotonous lugging of ammunition to his room, and even guarding of the minibar when another assault rifle just happened to mindlessly leave. This guy happens to mindlessly leave a bag of ammonium nitrate fertilizer in his car. Even though it has no practical use in the scenario, unless you're growing azaleas. So, a millionaire gambling man who has no military training, no familiarity with automatic weapons, no James Bond super spy training, no political affiliations, and nothing in the world to complain about, just got tired of living in a $400,000 home, hanging out with Vegas hookers, flying around his private Cessna. Instead of that rather well-off life, he wants to run a suicide mission, set up spy cameras in the hallway, shoot a bunch of innocent people he's never met, then shoot himself in the head while going down in history as a flaming piece of, well, you fill in the blank. He does all of that before, all of that after, or before, or after he wires 100000 to his girlfriend in the Philippines. Hmm? Does that make sense to you? It doesn't make sense to anybody. Audio proof of two shooters. Eyewitness accounts of multiple shooters. The hero guard, and nobody knows who he is. Who was Stephen Paddock? Nobody knows. The break-in in his house. The missing time. When was the guard shot? The lag time. Why no quicker advance? The dead witness, Kimberly. The missing uh, laptop found, but no hard drive in it. The shooting scene photo and how that was put together so quickly. The guns, how, why, who, when, where. The other hotel shootings, the Bellagio, the New Yorker, the silence of the left. It is unbelievable. And once this podcast is done, people will wrap up and go on about their business. But hear me and hear me well. On that night in Las Vegas, something happened profoundly large. I could be wrong, but I believe down the road, one of the days, one of these days, we are going to see the ramifications of what took place. I don't know what it was and I don't know how, but I do know this. The left and the right are going out of their way to cover this up. What could both of them be so afraid of that both left and right, Republicans and Democrats, conservative and non-conservative, what could they be so afraid of? That they have to cover up the greatest mass shooting in American history. If you can find out what they are so afraid of, you might find out what exactly happened that night.